Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's Books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's Books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. to self-improve well, Halloween <laughs> noise. See, folks, you could go to the library and take out a whole CD of scary Halloween sounds, but instead, we give it to you for free. Instead, you get birds choking. Birds! <laughs> Literally! Get it? Bird? I get it. You're I saw what you did there. I saw was, what you did there. Yeah, it was nice. It was very you. nice. Uh, so this is our last spooky, fine podcast episode, which is good because we have kind of strayed from the path of classic picture books the last few weeks. Um, not that these aren't good, but they are not as famous, I would say, as right. many of the books that people usually want to tune in and hear. And, uh, and today is no exception. I've sort of cheated by saying, if it wins a major award, a major award, a major award, a major award uh, then it counts, which is cheating. I did realize, though, and I, it's not the book we're doing today, but there is a super scary picture book that I guess I'm going to have to do next year um, called The Taily Poe uh, by Paul Galdone. And it would have been so smart of me to grab that book. And did I grab that book? No. I did not grab that book. I did not. No. But that's okay. We won't be doing much more of this in uh, November because there are no classic Thanksgiving picture books huh. at all. Oh. Even slightly. <laughs> Within any... Yeah, I mean, not, not that there aren't any, but whenever I had to do my displays of Thanksgiving picture books, I'd be, like, stretching. I'd be like, anything with turkeys. Anything with turk... Anything... Ah. So. Uh, what, what, what... Why are we here? Oh, uh, to discuss uh, children's picture books. And, and I'm Kate. Oh. And you're Betsy. And I'm Betsy. And we right. talk. We used to do that. Yeah. Introduce our mm-hmm. names with yeah. our voices, <laughs> so that people would get that thing. Well, now they know. They may not. They oh. may be like, I may be doing their favorite picture book of all time. They may have just been like scanning the internet for anyone talking about this book, seen it, gone in, and then been like, Who are these ladies? Why won't they tell me their names? <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but yes, so yes, that is our premise, is that we look at a classic picture book and determine if it should be a classic picture book. And sometimes we say yes, and sometimes we say no, and sometimes we go, and, uh, I'd say 50% of the time it's, so. And sometimes I go, it's just pretty. Yeah, like the last one. (laughs) Oh my god. The last one was very pretty. I, I realized a little late that I had brought you something with the last one, and then I never gave it to you. Oh. So last week we did um, we did Tony Dietrich Lizzie's uh, The Spider and the Fly. Well, you may not have known this, but if you go to Tony Dietrich Lizzie's website, he has all these things that you can make 
um, and print out and make for the Star of the Fly. You can you can make your own spider, gigantic uh, spider. Apparently, his name is Mr. Daddy Longlegs Spider, ah, which that may makes sense. be a children's literature reference because there was a book called Daddy Longlegs. Um, but look, all his articulated arms and legs and things. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, and there was even a, a Christmas ornament you could make as well, but I did not. I did not print that one out. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. So, he does very well on the websites, Mr. Tony D. Terlizzi. Uh, this week, uh, I, we've got, we've got a, an, another spooky book. And it's, in fact, a spooky book that I mentioned in the previous one, which is probably going to give it away to a certain extent. But I, you're looking at me with a blank stare. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, there's nothing going nope. on behind those eyeballs. So, nope. <laughs> so I'm happy to hear that. Um, Unless it was by Wanda Guy. It open. is not. Okay. It is nothing. It is not at all by Wanda Guy. We could not possibly do two quite so close together. We'd gag on Gog. We'd gag on the Gog. <laughs> I can't believe I let you say that without me. <laughs> all right. So drum roll, please, for this week's book. Creepy carrots. Creepy carrots by. Uh, words by Aaron Reynolds mm -hmm. and pictures by Peter Brown. I appreciate that this book specifies that there are wor is words by. It's yeah. not just like by. It's words, like words pictures. by Pictures by Peter Brown. So, and yes. I'm loving that cover. I love those carrots. The carrots. Are they are they creepy? Would no, you say? No, they're adorable. Okay, well, we're going to have a whole talk about when you make a carrot creepy and when you make a carrot cute. It's and like he has a muffin on his head. He does look like he's wearing... It does Aww. look like a muffin. And now I want freaking to eat a muffin. Thanks, Kate. Thanks. <laughs> Do you welcome. have any muffins? Is you there a muffin a, I can eat while you're reading this? Like a carrot muffin? I would love a carrot muffin. Do you have one? No. Why are you tempting me with these things? <laughs> you giveth and you taketh away. Um, yes, yeah, so why don't you take uh, the trails and uh, travails of uh, of the poor little rabbit there and, uh, and come back to me there. Eh? Okay. Eh? While Kate's reading about... Creepy vegetation. We're gonna go to last week's quiz question. All right, so last week's quiz question. Um, as you may recall, I asked what the last black and white picture book was to win a Caldecott medal, not honor, not honor, medal. And uh, the answer is Kitten's First Full Moon by Kevin Hankies. Uh, this week's quiz question, should you wish to answer, you can always email us at fusecade8 at gmail.com. Uh, this week's quiz question, so as you may know, or may have briefly just heard, uh, Creepy Carrots was illustrated by a young man by the name of Peter Brown. And Mr. Peter Brown has said that this book was inspired in part by The Twilight Zone, which we will get a bit into. But what movie also proved to be the biggest influence on this book? The answer might surprise you. No. It's pretty obvious, actually. And we're back. You read a book. I did. You read a book. And it involves vegetables. <laughs> vegetables. Before I even get even farther, did this remind you of a TV show of any kind? Uh, no. You know what kind it could have reminded you of? No. There was a little, little show called The Twilight Zone. You recall uh, The Twilight Zone? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was narrated by a man named Rod Serling. Kate... Can you read this book in the style of Rod Sterling? I will try my best. Excellent. Consider the case of Jasper Rabbit, an average everyday hare. 
Jasper has a penchant for carrots. Stands to reason. He's a rabbit. Every day he plucks them from the Krakenhopper field. Never has a care in the world. But one day Jasper has a suspicion. Carrots in his tummy, he understands. But carrots in his bathtub? In his bedroom? In the tool shed? Could it be possible that Jasper is being stalked by vegetation? Without realizing it, Jasper is crossing out of his everyday existence and into the carrot zone. Okie dokie, so what's the verdict? Well, now that you mention the Twilight Zone, it kind of makes sense because this is all in black and white with mm-hmm. just the carrots being the color, so it totally could be a Twilight Zone episode because they, those were all in black and white too. They were in so. black and white, yeah, until they made the new Twilight Zone, which, fun fact, sucked. Didn't now I'm gonna have like one. I'm gonna have like people. Yeah, William. Oh no, I'm see. I'm getting it also mixed up with like there was there was Outer Limits, and then there was the movie. See, I'm actually correcting myself because I can actually see James Kennedy listening to this podcast at home, screaming at the podcast. No bird, no. So there was a. I believe there <laughs> you was. Yeah, piece a, of garbage. Yeah, piece <laughs> of garbage. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there was another TV show, but there was certainly a movie with William Shatner and a bunch of other people. And uh, and stuff like that, but yes, this for the most part, if we're talking about the Twilight Zone, we're talking about the classic black and white television show. Yes. Well, let me tell you a few things. Okay, tell me a thing or two. Um, first off, <laughs> as soon as you pulled this book out, mm-hmm. you remember Creepy Crawlers? No. You don't remember Creepy Crawlers? They were like the it was like the gel that you could like make into a form, and then you pull it out of the machine, and it makes a like a gooey insect. And I am not of your generation. Okay. So they had these commercials back this is in the 90s. Fascinating, And though. they went, creepy crawlers. So <laughs> as soon as you took the book out, I went, creepy carrots. Aw. <laughs> I'm going to predict that 10% of our listenership is, is totally going like, I get what she's saying. I get what she's saying. I'm going to include a YouTube, link to that on the, on the show YouTube notes. Creepy Crawler commercial, and you'll you'll hear that, now too. Now it's got in my head, and I don't even know it. Okay. It's just that little part, too. Creepy Crawlers. Yeah. Um, first of all, let me tell you my favorite character of the book. Who's your favorite character of the book? Uh, it's when you open the first cover here. And you're on the end papers, yes. Yes, and you have a bunch of carrots. You sure do. You got one guy over here. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's, he's my favorite. The, he's the wackiest of the carrots, I'd say. He's the carrot who is here. The top half of his head has no connection to the lower half, and then he's got that tooth. He's got one, one bottom tooth. tooth. First of all, what carrots have teeth? And then, and then his hair is just like, like just exploded off the top of his head into three different ponytails. So you always ask if I had to have a tattoo yeah. of a character in a book, it'd be this. Carrot. It'd be that guy. This particular <laughs> carrot. I like that. Is my favorite. I like that you have a favorite. Uh, I feel a little bad for the other two, but... They're not as fancy. They really aren't as fancy. Um, Also, you have a signed copy of this book. Oh, sure. Yours creepily, Peter Brown. Oh, that's Peter. (laughs) Peter and I go way back. Really? I'm sorry, I don't usually bring in my signed copies, do I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do our... What, our Tony Dietrich Lizzie one wasn't signed? I guess that one wasn't, but the other signed one was at home, but yeah. Oh yeah, no. Peter, Peter, I've known I've known Peter since he was just a wee tyke. Before even the Curious Garden came out. Oh when oh. he was making a he was a favorite at John Stewart's. John Stewart once came to a book signing because his son was such a fan of that book he did about the dog that I can't remember the name of. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, me and Peter. Yeah. So if, Good man. If Tony DiTerlizzi does my Christmas cards, can sure. Peter Brown do my Hanukkah cards? Sure. Awesome. Not Jewish at all, but <laughs> as far as I know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Yes, yeah, sure. It's a deal. When the carrots start sneaking up on him, mm-hmm. it says he heard it. The soft, sinister tunk, tunk, tunk of carrots creeping. I love the fact that carrots make a tunk, tunk, tunk sound. I was so creeped out by that. Let me tell you. You know what it reminds me of? You ever read The Monkey's Paw? No. So The Monkey's Paw, this is a classic horror like short story where a guy gets a monkey's paw and uh, you may have seen the Simpsons that made fun of it. And the monkey's paw, like, you can make three wishes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they wish, and, like, the like the sun wishes they're rich. But then there's, like, a horrible accident. The sun dies in the accident at the factory. And, and they get the insurance money. And then they the mom wishes that the sun was alive again. And then the father's, like, freaked out. And then they hear, like, this sound. Kind of like a tunk, tunk, tunk approaching the door and kind of like sloppily hitting the door and she wants to get her to her son and her husband's like trying to keep her back because he knows what's going to be on the other side. Creepiest story. So that's what the tongue, tongue, tongue meant to me. And I tell little children this every time. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> actually do that. No. Um, okay, so I like this part where <laughs> it says, later that night as Jasper lay in bed, he heard it breathing. Terrible, carroty breathing. <laughs> What is carroty breathing? I'm sorry. If I have to explain it, then you just can never know. Is it like a... <sighs> <laughs> I love that that... Is, is it a... like a... <laughs> <laughs> what I think is... it's more of like a... <laughs> is it panting? I don't is know. It, it's like... It... Like, do you have any carrots? Could we, like, bring one in here and, like, ask it how it would breathe? I mean... Is it just, just a prolonged sigh? Like, the like a Frenchman? Is it just a... I think it's more like a like a like kind of a snuck, like sort of like <laughs> like something like that. Okay, if I heard that in my bedroom, well, you'd freak out now, wouldn't you? Heck yeah! Can you blame this kid? See, I okay, I, I want to get into this a little bit just now. Aaron Reynolds, who wrote this book, had to walk this fine fine line between funny and creepy, and the uh, illustrator Peter Brown had to do the same thing. They have to walk this line where it's like. It's creepy-ish, but it's not too scary for the kids reading the book. Because, you know, I've got a three-year-old. He loves this. He loves this book. And, yeah, no, he he adores it. And, um, yeah, and so they have to... They have to be creepy, but not too creepy. And that's so difficult to do. So he's actually punctuating these scary moments with something like terrible carroty breathing, which (laughs) is pretty funny. Well done, sir. <laughs> so when you read this to your kid, do you do carroty breathing? No, I don't. I've never done carroty breathing. You should ask your three-year-old what carroty breathing What is carroty breathing? Like. I th- like, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I will do that. And he will give me a answer that has nothing to do with breath, I suspect. <laughs> so, yeah. He is three. But I like the fact that this, this little kid freaking made... A fortress. Oh, yeah. He he operates an excavator, but I think, at one only... point. Which thrilled the previous mentioned son, because any book that has an excavator is an instant win. But not only did he make a fortress, <laughs> he made a moat. But not only did he make a moat, he made a moat with alligators, crocodiles? Live alligators. And alligators. you can even see the little boxes on the side that where, where he opened he had, them. He had to go yeah. get some, yeah. bring them to his fortress. How many do we have there? We've got at least four. One, and we're not two, even seeing the back of the moat. 
Right. So, yeah, there's four alligators. Nothing to say that these alligators at any moment couldn't and just, like, leave. And if you look leave, at the size but... of him and the size of these cages... Yeah. <laughs> he single-handedly did all of this. So I, I can only assume he either stole these alligators or purchased them with his hard-earned allowance money. Uh, yeah, and Lord knows where he got the building supplies. Yeah. Yeah. No, it takes it to its logical extreme, which I love. But then he, uh, <laughs> but then all the carrots are happy at the end, and I imagine them all singing that song from um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit when you go into Toontown. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all singing that song. Yeah, yeah. And you have... If I was a better person, I could sing that song right now. I cannot remember it exactly. Oh, man, it's been a long time since I've seen Roger Rabbit. But yeah. And then you have these... Uh, they're these, doing a Busby they're Berkeley. They're doing backflips. Yeah, this is a Busby Berkeley reference. They kind of uh, remind me of uh, shrimp a little bit here. They do look uh, a lot like shrimp. Um, his, look character. at how happy my favorite character is. Yeah, his googly eyes are super googly. And now he looks still weird, but... Um, <laughs> Like, he's a carrot that got, like, chopped in, like, two at one point, but he refuses to die. Like, he's not going to let go of life. Yeah. Yeah. They're so happy. They're such happy carrots, because they outsmarted. They totally played the main character. You yeah, thought the hero Jasper. of the book. You thought Jasper was the hero of the book. This was not the case. Oh, yeah, and I was going to ask, how often do you see the name Jasper in a children's book? Not often enough, I think, is the correct answer to that. Because when I think of, so what do you think of when you hear the name Jasper? Um, I think of uh, the movie The Holiday, mm -hmm. in which uh, Kate Winslet's love interest uh, from the beginning, who was a, not a very nice man, mm -hmm. um, kind of ruined her, her life. And then I met him in a store in Los Angeles, and I said, you were very good in that film. And he said, I wasn't a very nice man in that film, but thank you very much. Aww. <laughs> and he said in a British accent, and I kind of melted. That's <laughs> very nice. See, you, well, and Jasper is usually a British name, I would say. I think of uh, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, where the main um, hot villain is named Jasper. So, Maybe there you go. Maybe that's a thing. Jaspers have to be hot villains. They tend so, to be. And in so, this case, he's not hot at all, but he, he's a rabbit. Well, but, maybe uh, when but he, he grows is kind up, of, though. He could be, you could consider him a villain, but... You, you know what's going to happen. When he grows up, he's going to be the CEO of a vegetable <laughs> plant. And he's yeah. just going to kill carrots. Just, that's going to be his job. You don't think it. that it's been, like, a, this phobia of carrots has been deeply ingrained in him? These carrots have been following him everywhere. Like, they've been in his underwear drawer. And, and when something's been in your underwear drawer, you want to avoid it. Like, right? I mean, that was their goal. But do you think, like, he'll overcome it later and then, like, want revenge exactly. in some way? Yeah. yeah. And he's going to make money off of it, too. Oh, I'm sure and he's going to make money. Be a Look, hot villain. any kid. <laughs> a hot rabbit villain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, any kid who has the wherewithal to get alligators and an excavator and building supplies to this degree. Yeah. That's, uh, that kid's going to be a millionaire someday. I will agree with you there. Absolutely. And then when he falls asleep in his giant mansion, he's going to hear. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the scary noises we should have started with. All right, we're going to re like, loop this back in. Loop it back in. Start at the beginning. Yes. 
Okay, so did you get any of the movie references? Because this thing is just chock full of the darn things. Oh, no. Okay, so this is Buzz... At the end where they're doing their dance sequence is a Busby Berkeley dance sequence. Oh, I can see that with, like, they're all falling. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, synchronized they're, swimming. They're doing synchronized swimming. They're like, ah, yeah. we're in the money. And then in that moment, he's got this moment where he's, um, he's just freaking out so much that uh, the carrots have formed an orange spiral uh-huh. behind his head. That is a... Uh, that is a Vertigo reference, a Hitchcockian Vertigo reference. Oh. Um, it's like he's falling into a nightmare of, of carrots. Oh. I also appreciate that these are other carrots. These are not the same carrots that have been chasing him. It's, yeah, I was looking for yeah, my, have you my favorite. That? I don't Your see favorite. Your favorite's not there because these are different carrots. Um, you can tell because their tooths are all in different places. They all have angry enough. eyebrows. And they all have incredibly angry eyebrows. Um, other than that, Twilight Zone, and then my quiz question involves, uh, one of the major references, so I won't, I won't give that one away. I, were you creeped out by this book at all? Um, no. You're brushing your teeth and carrots appear in your bathtub and you're not freaked. I'm always freaked out when I brush my teeth that something, because my bathtub is directly behind where I brush my teeth and there's a big mirror there. (laughs) And I'm always worried that behind that curtain, which is always closed... I don't, okay, I don't admittedly worry that carrots are going to jump out, but I do worry that something could be back there. Don't you ever, like, do, like, the surreptitious, like, peek, just to make sure there's nothing in your bathtub? Um, sometimes if the curtain is closed. Yeah. But I usually leave my curtain open. Okay, well, there you go. I, we always have ours closed, and I'm always like, there could be carrots there. (laughs) So that was a very creepy moment for me. No, but my, my little, um, kind of... I'm not gonna say OCDness, but uh-huh. um, when he drops his toothbrush <laughs> and then he says he picks it back up, I'm yeah. like, please don't put that in your Did mouth. Did he also look, please that's... don't put that back in your mouth? He and he doesn't. Okay. He just picks it up and he goes to bed quickly. I'm very glad that that they were able to. Uh, yeah, don't put your toothbrush that's been on the floor back in your mouth, kids. Yeah, toothbrush is important. It's not that important. <laughs> so don't drop your freaking toothbrush. Um, nice use of orange, obviously. I always like that there's this encroaching darkness in the corners that, like, it, it is when the carrots are really stalking him. Like, you can go to different pages and it feels like, first of all, there's rounded corners, which makes it feel like you're watching this on an old-time TV sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, there's this, like, seeping kind of, not in every single picture, but, like, there in some of these pictures, like, especially where there's carrots, yeah, there's, like, a, this darkness just in the edges more like when the carrots are present than anything else. Like you can see it all there. Yeah. Creepy. Um, Creepy carrots. <laughs> okay, you are now making the theme song for this book, uh, which is awesome. This book did win a Caldecott honor, which was a bit of a surprise, I'd say. Hey, that's the second honor for a black and white book. Yeah, well, there's orange. Two weeks in a row. But yes, now, yeah. yeah. But I think the uh, committee, and of course I don't know because it's all very hush-hush. They can't say anything about their decision. But I assume they were quite entranced by the art uh, and its references and just how cool it looked generally. Now Aaron Reynolds, local dude. I had a brief thought of like inviting him on the podcast. I would have freaked okay. out. Okay. Well, he's done some killer books besides this one, too, I should say. He's done... He did this one book called President Squid, which basically predicted Trump. It came out, like, a year before Trump was elected about this squid who totally thinks he can be president, and he has no experience at all, and he's... Oh, it was... And it's... He is a... I, I don't know if he's got an acting background or whatever it is, but when he reads a book, 
he's like the best reader of all time. He's read, he's written many, many books, including, I'd like to show you from this bag, something else that we have here. What came out this year? Creepy pair of underwear. Creepy pair of underwear, the sequel. <gasps> there was a sequel to this Shut up. book. Does it glow in the dark? Uh, I wish it glowed in the dark. I don't think it does. In the book, it glows in the dark. In the book, like, they, oh, the glowing of the darkness. What? Yeah. It's like a pair of underwear with a face right over the crotch. And it looks like Frankenstein. <laughs> and um, it's not, like, like, not going to eat your crotch like, at all. No, no. There's my favorite picture here where like it's on the back hey, of the book. Okay, so that rabbit is legit, has a good reason to yeah. be scared. Yeah, Jet, yeah. Oh, no, this book I'd say is even freakier in some my ways. My gosh, is it, is it Jasper again? It's Jasper. That this kid needs Jasper. a lot of therapy. <laughs> this kid is going to need so much therapy. Oh my gosh. Like, and here's a, oh, there's even like a great uh, map that at one point, like he's going can somewhere. Can we do this one next year? Absolutely, we can do this next year. Yeah, by this point, because, you know, by that point it'll be a classic. Because I'm going to need a favorite pair of Check underwear. Check it out. At one point, Aww. he drives and look, there's, there's like a the... reference yeah. to Krakenhopper no, Field. No crocodiles though. No, no. Apparently, the crocodiles they died. Left. I don't think so. They're near a town full of rabbits. I think oh. the crocodiles took off and were like, "Excuse me, we are near a town full of rabbits. Uh, I, I'm not staying in this moat when there is deliciousness to be found in town." But uh, there you go. And this one's signed uh, by both of them. So Whoa! There you go. Woo! Double sign in. Not to me specifically, but it is signed. So thanks, guys. So yes, I was just so pleased that there was a sequel at all because there poor, is no guarantee that there poor was Jasper. I know, no Jasper's having a rough time of it, and this one really, well, yeah, really freaks him out. If there's a face on your crotch, you got a good reason. Oh, to be okay, terrified. I'm just gonna give something away. There's a face on his crotch. He had taken that underwear off the night before and stuck it at the bottom of his laundry hamper, and when he woke up, it was back on him. Oh my god, freaky, right? Okay, okay oh, that man. is okay. That that book might. Scare the crap out of me. Yeah, it kind of scares me a little. Um, but this one actually scares me a little bit more. I don't know what it is. There's something about the stalking aspect. I don't know. Uh, There's something, yeah, you know, maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe it's just the tongue, tongue, tongue. I <laughs> 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 can only do that so far. All right, ratings time. Ratings time, ratings time, ratings time. What'd you think? On a scale of one to well, ten. this is like last year. Or not last year. Last, last week. It was, where uh, it's, yeah. It's not. It's super recent. So this yeah. is, I think, uh, I even wrote it down. Betsy, maybe you should see what you wrote down. Came out in 2012. Um, so oh, not that old. That's five years old. I know, it's like only five. It's a baby. It's, this it's, one is so new, you can see it, it doesn't even have its Caldecott sticker. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess it's my original copy. Um, yeah, it's just a baby. So it's really soon for us to determine its classic status. Yeah. But I gotta tell you, when Halloween comes around, it's hard to come up with classic kids' book Halloween. When you're doing your Halloween display, this is the book that comes out. Oh, also, and I should have mentioned this before. One time I was working at the kids' reference desk and this little three-year-old came up and he was like, I want creepy books. I want scary books. And so I had to load him down with scary but not too scary books. Um, that happened before this book came out, but I would have given him this book in an instant. Because your three-year-old likes it. Because my three-year-old loves it. Not creeped out at all. Books about monsters, oh yes. Books about carrots that stalk you in the night, that's eh, fine. So what would you rate it? With the given understanding that I'm giving it time to grow and mature, 
This is no comment on its quality, which is high. I'm simply going to say it's a six. Yeah. A six. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I think it's, I got real I, classic potential. I love the drawings. Yep. I love the carrot breathing. Yep. And I love my favorite character, my two top carrot. <laughs> what do you call him? Two, well, it's a, oh, two a top carrot. It's see. a tri top carrot, really. Tri top carrot. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I like tri top carrot with too. With his scraggle tooth. With his googly eyes. But uh, yeah, it's, it's so, it's too soon. Too soon. Yeah, it's too soon. Too soon, Jasper. I'm sorry. You're still making sequels at this point. Yeah. All your creators are still alive and could hear us on this podcast. But because it's above a five, we're calling it a classic. We're calling it a just over the edge classic. Yes. Classic in training. Classic in training. A perfect designation given. So well done, sirs. Well done, Aaron. Well done, Peter. If you either of you want to uh, come on the show... Uh, I know, Peter, you're in New York, so you're not going to do it. But Aaron, if you ever want to come on the show, buddy, you just do that thing. We'll have you a uh, guest lecture or something. Cool. It'd be awesome. All right. So, <laughs> letters. Oh. Oh, dear. Oh, Betsy, what did you do this time? <laughs> oh, that's what these two letters are saying. In the nicest way possible. We got two different people saying the same thing. I'll start with Misty. She's a collection development librarian, like me. And she said, uh, I've been enjoying your podcast. Thank you, Misty. But I'm perplexed. That is not good. <laughs> you cited an unfavorable SLJ review of The Spider and the Fly in your most recent podcast. I did do that. However, just before listening, I had pulled up the book's listing on Ingram. As I noticed, my library's copy was lost some time ago. Wait, wait, wait. What's so, Ingram? Ah. So I shall explain. When you are a librarian and you want to order books, you don't do it through Amazon. Because Amazon won't make the little records that you want to put with all the information that helps people search for the books when they're at the library. So you use pretty much one of two different sources, uh, Ingram or Baker and Taylor. These are the two major companies. And then, oh, they're so nice because they'll have the book and then they'll have all the professional reviews. You don't have to go three different, five different places. All the reviews will be right there. So she went to Ingram and she pulled up the book's listing and she noticed um, she read the school library journal uh, <laughs> review there. Now, as you recall, I had said that the school library journal review um, oh, yeah. You said was that, the, caustic. Well, that the drawings had left much the imagination oh, yeah. or something. And they didn't like the end bit and all that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, turns out um, that was for a different edition. So... A different edition. Uh, yeah, apparently someone else had done The Spider and the Fly at some point. Um, oh, oh we'll, we'll get into that. But apparently the actual SLJ review... Um, oh gosh, could not have said more nice things about it. Oh good. The, they said, and I love, I love the writing of this review. This is, this is actually one of my favorite professional reviews in a while. Uh, it begins with a sentence, most people are familiar with how it's poem, but Dieter Lizzie's art raises this hackneyed classic to a new level. First of all, love the use of hackneyed classic. <laughs> um... They called it, they uh, reproduced in silver and black duotone. The paintings have a spooky quality perfectly suited to, this, to retelling this melancholy tale. Uh, Miss Fly, with her whimsical flower umbrella and roaring 20s attire, captures the flavor of an old-time Hollywood heroine. I mean, it goes on like that. It's a really good review. Um, and the last sentence is, This title is worth purchasing for its valuable artwork alone. So... <laughs> 
The other person who wrote me was married to Tony Dieterlizzi. <laughs> and that's what? Angela Dieterlizzi, who makes books of her own, quite frankly, and they're fantastic. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast, including your most recent uh, of The Spider and the Fly. Just wanted to drop you a note to let you know that the SLJ review you mentioned was actually from a different illustrated version of the book. From 1987, I believe. Not Tony's. Okay. Do, 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 do. Okay, how did Betsy get this review? Hey, look over there! <laughs> uh, it's especially awkward because I work for SLJ. My blog is hosted by them. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did this happen, is the question. Now, at first I was like, okay. This is what I told Angela, actually. I was like, okay, I know exactly what happened. Because I'm lazy, I went to Baker and Taylor. Not Ingram, I went to Baker and Taylor. I pulled up the reviews. That mistakenly, uh, they put the wrong spider in the fly on the review of this book. I, you know, copied and pasted it. I didn't know that it wasn't the right one. Totally not my fault. Totally not my fault. So I was even tonight going to bring my laptop in, going to open it up, show you a little Baker and Taylor, show you the review and everything. And and I w at work today, I, uh, I went to Baker and Taylor, and that was not the SLJ review. It was the correct one. I have no idea how I got this ancient wrong review where did i get this was it amazon i can't even claim it was so somehow i managed to screw this one up royally so uh apologies to mr detrilizzi for impugning his good name with a faux review for not him well, and, uh, but to be fair, we said that review was crap. We did. Because, we didn't like that review. Yeah, because um, so, in that, awesome. so in this case, then we should be apologizing to School Library Journal for saying that they gave a bad review oh. to a book that later would go on to be a Caldecat. Whoopsie doodle. That's me. That's me. That is. I'm that. <laughs> I did that all by my little lonesome, and nobody helped me. Not Baker and Taylor. Not Ingram. Not I assume Amazon. Nobody somehow managed i don't even know how i managed to do that one uh it's a mystery if you can figure out how i did it uh write <laughs> me at fuseatengate at gmail.com um all right grown-up things we like besides screwing up people's reviews I what is it? uh so this so i have two things oh two things uh two things yes all right they'll go fast so the okay. right. uh, one this past weekend i volunteered at the making strides i guess Against Breast Cancer 5K Walk. Oh, yes! <sighs> That's a very long title. Um, I was in charge of the Luminarias. The, Luminarias. The, Luminarias. The bags with the candles. Bags with candles and in them. decorate them. Did and you have to light candles? No. No, this was at, uh, I got there at 7 a.m. Did you have to stomp out bags? Uh, nope. Oh, I, okay. I, I was there to help people decorate bags. Oh! And my favorite part was when this little kid, he must have been seven or eight, came up to the table and was like, I, I really enjoy arts and crafts at my school. I, I want to make one of these bags. I said, absolutely. Here yes. you go, kid. We got stickers. We got glitter. <laughs> we got glue. Whatever you want. I got it. Just take what you need. And he wrote, um... Uh, in honor of my aunt who is battling breast cancer and I was almost like in yeah. tears. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was very Aww. sweet. And That's then, great. um, 
So that was something I did. And mm-hmm. then my other thing is that Halloween is coming up. It is coming up. And while uh, I have no plans, um, our, I don't know what you're calling him this week. Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about our general manager of the Western Hemisphere? <laughs> yes. Yes. The GM yep. is... Uh, <laughs> he's going... The GM as, of the WH. <laughs> yes. He's going as Russell from Up. Yep. So I've been helping him uh, make his costume, whereas I am going as Eleven from mm-hmm. Stranger Things. Yep. So together, we're just two weird kids. They're both kids. <laughs> yep. One completely normal and one completely strange. Yeah, I don't I, know. Yeah. Russell's a little... Russell, he has his own issues work he's working through. But yeah. yeah, there's a reason I took a photo of your work on his um, his merit badge uh, sash. Yeah, that's a... Which is so... Folks, this is so complicated. I cannot even explain to you. She's making each merit badge, and it's a combination of those little um, stickies that you put on the bottom of your furniture. Yes. Yeah, so the... which. Is brilliant, quite frankly, and and then placing them, and then trying to figure out the right sized safety pin to hold the bottle cap, because you remember that there's that there, and then and then the transfer paper on top of the furniture pad right. to show the badge to make it look more right. 3D. It looks very 3D. And then uh, yeah. so we'll have a picture of that up on the show notes, and uh, you will appreciate it. You will <laughs> appreciate it because of the amount of work. And if a single one of you says. I think that badge is in the wrong spot. I believe the one with the umbrella should be three down. I will not be pleased <laughs> at all. She'll be fine with it. But yeah, I okay. Pleased. Yeah. <laughs> uh, grown up things we like. This one's very grown up. Um, so I recently, you know, I've, I've subscribed to the New Yorker for quite some time. Um, my children love it uh, because of the caption contest at the back. So they, when, you know, I'll get like Cricket Magazine and I'll be like, Cricket Magazine, Lily? She'll be like, yeah. And they'll be like, and a New Yorker. She'll be like, New Yorker! I'm like, okay. That's <laughs> that's the child I've raised. And uh, she loves the cap- caption contest on the back. But um, I happen to have only just recently realized I can get the darn thing on my phone. Because I subscribe to it. I can read it on my phone. Which is very useful. Um, so that I like that. That's a thing. And I'm a grown-up. And I like it. But I also liked an article recently that was so good. So well-written. Um, and really just made me think, made me think in ways that I had not thought before. And it is, uh, the title of it is, uh, Birth of a Supremacist, uh, by Andrew Morantz. Uh, and this was about two issues ago. Um, if I was a smart person, I could tell you exactly which issue. It's the one with all the, all the bullets on the cover. But, um, it is a very intimate portrait of a shock jock, uh, by the name of Mike Enoch. And is it a fascinating portrait because you know the, I assume the reporter really wanted to get into the skin of of a one of these white supremacist guys that are you know getting so much press and this guy is very vocal and very prominent um but he was also married to a Jewish woman and yet was saying horrible horrible things about Jewish people and and he comes from a very liberal family so where how does this happen and the piece sort of goes into that. It doesn't offer any concrete answers, but it is so well written that I highly suggest that you read it. You can probably get it for free on the internet too, if you want to. So. All right. All right. White supremacy. That's how we're ending this week. <laughs> how about <laughs> We should end it with creepy carrots. Okay, try it again. One more time. Creepy carrots. All right. 
We have officially come up with the theme song. It's all it is. It's a very short theme song, but <laughs> for the book. I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. See you next time. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our general manager of the Western Hemisphere is Drew Etienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal. Thank you.